The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top Five Movies. It's me, John Burke, here with Corey Star. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. I'm back. The group is yes. back together again after uh, two episodes. Mike was not able to be a part of. Um, the Oscar draft episode, which at least he was able to do the draft, uh, thanks to some quick thinking on my part to do a text-based draft, which worked really well, I have to say. I actually liked that better um, because it allowed us time to think and yet um, didn't have like those big gaps of silence where we had we felt obligated to, uh, to you know, fill them with, with talking. Um, and then uh, we brought Brendan back after the Oscar episode, just literally like two days after we recorded on a Tuesday night, uh, very late, like 9 p.m. start time, um, to do our an interview with uh, Brendan. Since he's been a guest on a couple of our podcasts in the past, thought we'd get to know him a little better. Uh, his top five movies were interesting, um, definitely worth a listen. And this week, we're going to be talking about our favorite young adult adapted film. So these are from young adult fiction that have been turned into film in honor of the last Maze Runner film that came out this week, uh, Maze Runner The Death Cure. I've not seen the second Maze Runner film, so I've not seen the third yet either. Um, have you guys watched the Maze Runner films at all? Uh, first two, I didn't, not really. I mean, the first one got me, the second one, I lost interest. And mm. I just don't, uh, I'm sorry to say, I just haven't, I'm not the target demographic anyways. So no. They're not looking for me to, just to, justify their, their existence they don't care what i think that is very true uh, and i think that's the same with me i watched the first one i remember liking it though to be honest i don't remember much about it at this point um so and i bought the second one for pretty cheap it was on sale at walmart a while back and it came with a uh i think it came with a five dollar like voodoo credit on top of like the <laughs> digital copy with the movie so i was like wait so i'm gonna get this movie for five bucks and then get five bucks for voodoo so I, it's free. I, I justified it um, and I bought it and I still haven't watched it. Uh, I think I'm going to watch it this week at some point and then try to see the death cure in the theater. Um, I didn't see the other two in theaters, but I like to see them in theaters if possible. Um, but this month uh, we I got some stuff happening. Um, I'm going to be going to South by Southwest in March, which is super exciting. Uh, I can't wait. We'll be talking more about it and we'll be doing some um, top five related stuff. I'm hoping to do some interviews while I'm out there, but we'll have to see how that goes. And uh, I'm going to see a lot of movies. I can't wait for the opportunity. Um, very grateful uh, for both South by Southwest looking at BurkeReviews.com and, and saying we are a uh, you know accredited, worthy um, company at this point. And then um, my my boss for supporting my my pursuit as I teach film, but. Um, since I started this website, my boss has been extremely supportive and has helped me be able to go to South by Southwest because we don't make a lot of money doing this. This is mainly a, a hobby that I'm trying to turn into a business and not looking to make a profit, just looking to break even as much as possible because um, I don't have a lot of money. Um, but we'll talk more about Patreon later, listeners. But You've been warned. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, well, yes. Um <laughs> And so I'm doing that in March, but in February, um, 
Big Tuna, who was a part of our Oscar movie uh, draft that um, currently has the lead in the draft as he has the most uh, points from nominations. Um, we are uh, we're doing a challenge in February, and he came up with the the whole idea. And this is all written, not a not a podcast. Um, both of us picked five movies for the other one to watch. One has to be good, one has to be bad, and the other three were up in the air. You could go either way with it. So you could torture somebody if you wanted to, or you could be you know kind. But they were supposed to be movies that uh, the other person had not seen, or at least had not written a review about. And we have to write a review for each one. And if we fail the challenge, we have to donate um, $5 to NZN's Forever program, which is the NZN Theater in Orlando um, that does oh. the Florida Film Fest. So, like, it's we're giving back to the, uh, you know, the movie world that we love and that we're a part of. Um, and if – I'm trying to pull up the uh, the rules here because I don't have them. I have a question. Yes. So there are five weeks in February. Um Four. So is like your first? Oh, is it? I thought because we have five um, romantic comedies next month, don't we? No, I don't think so. No, I think it's March. We have five. Yeah, Sorry, March is fine. So you guys are doing five movies. So are you both? Um, did you give each other like your bad movies first, and then you're going to do your good movies second, or is there any rhyme to re- or reason to that, or are you guys no. just like these are the movies that you have to watch? We'll be. Uh, there's no real rhyme or reason other than um, the criteria I, I just said was. You know, like, um, my brain's going dead now, but uh, that they had it one good, one bad, um, and then the other three were up in the middle. Um, I went with things that I wanted him to see, I think, more than anything, or things that if he hadn't seen, he should see, because the, the way I was checking to see what he had seen was using Letterboxd predominantly, and um, there I think three of the movies uh, that I picked he had seen, and the mo- most that could be on our list that we had seen would be two. Um he was a little uh, better about picking movies I had not seen. One of which is the reason I'm even bringing this up is he was cruel, folks. I have to watch Fifty Shades Freed. <laughs> I already mentioned this to you when you told me about that movie you have to watch. That I just can't wait for them to be done. Yeah, I can't. I'm either. so tired of watching those horrible trailers. But I didn't think I would be excited for them to be done having seen any of them. Um, I've not seen any at this point, and now I have this conundrum. Do I go into the third movie with no knowledge outside of what I've, you know, either read or, or, you know, been able to put together through the, the mass amount of marketing that I know of the films? Um, or do I watch them? I want to, I just want to know what did you do to offend them? Yeah. I I don't know why he went so harsh on me with that movie. Is he, so he has to watch it too, right? No, 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 nope. He does not. I did oh. not pick it. His movies are are fairly like my the bad movie I picked for him is uh, 1995's Judge Dredd. Okay. And that's, yeah, but that's 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 a whole different level of bad. Uh, yes. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I but again, he didn't know what I was oh. picking, nor did I know what he was yeah. picking. Uh, we had some criterion about like had to be something either cheap, cheap. We have we both have movie pass, so that's fair cheap to rent online or one of us has it and can loan it to the other or it's available for one of the streaming services that we both have which Netflix, Amazon Yeah, Hulu. but even even with MoviePass that's just torture. I just why would you tor- torment someone with 50 shades of And how long medi- is that movie mediocrity? Be? Oh, I don't know. It looks so bad. Um I I am I'm not thrilled that he picked that cuz I was totally not expecting to see that movie but um 
Yeah, but he, to be fair though, I think the other four movies on his list are good. Although, uh, one of them I definitely would not have watched if it were not on the list. I don't want to reveal that yet. We're going to be posting an article on both of our websites on uh, BurkeReviews dot com and on Big Tuna on Film dot Weebly dot com, and um, it'll outline both of our our movies that we. I'm sorry, both of our sets of movies. I've assigned five to him. He's assigned five to me, uh, and kind of overviewing why we chose what we chose, um, which. I think I can. Um, okay, so yeah, this is his this explanation. I was very nice with my good recommendation, so I had to be cruel with my bad recommendation. Quite honestly, I want to have the review on my site, but I don't want to watch the movie. I'm also interested oh. to see if John will watch the whole series or go in blind <laughs> for the finale. And I don't know yet because he's he's played a card that is cruel because I am a completionist. So the idea I... of watching the third of a series and not seeing the other two bothers me. And it might bother like, me enough to watch the other two. I feel like you can just go to Wikipedia, read, take five minutes of your time to read both of those because they give pretty, you know, yeah. they give you all the details you need to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would leave it there. Because um, this movie is... is an hour and 41 minutes. Do you want to do that three times? Oh, man. No. no sorry, what's going hap- what's, what's to happen is that um, he's going to become a fan. That's my other shades, my one concern is do I if I can't convince my wife to come with me on opening night to see this movie, <laughs> I'm gonna be the weird creepy guy in a room full of women. <laughs> They're gonna think I'm there because I'm excited about like the probability of nudity, which I'm not. I have no no desire to go to this movie at all. But I shall be there, um, and I—it's going to be abandoned. I'm going to rip it off as fast as I can. So the night it opens, I will be there to just get through it. You know, it's is time it opening to get on Valentine's Day. No, it's opening on have... the ninth. So I'll see it the okay. uh, the eighth. Do you I have to be awake for the whole thing? I have to be able to write a review about it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, but could that figure into your review if it couldn't stay awake for the I whole guess thing. it could I guess I I mean traditionally I don't know we didn't set a word count I usually make my minimum 300 words so I'd have to be able to write 300 words having not seen the whole thing and I don't know if I could pull that off um I unless like I have a marvelous dream and I remember it and I can write about my dream but oh, no. but yes folks that will be I'm coming so to Burke Reviews in the month of February you're gonna get uh, five reviews from me for movies that Sean picked, and you'll get five reviews from Sean Big Tuna um, that he that I picked for him. Um, and um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to see his thoughts on a few. Um, my good movie, uh, the one that I was like, that's it's the newest film on my list for him is Personal Shopper, um, which I was a big fan of, and so I'm you know wanted him to watch it thought this would be a good way of like pushing him into seeing that one um I, you know i was trying to like think more what's on netflix which i think all the other films are on netflix personal shopper is not but um yeah so you know it is what it is i have to go watch 50 shades freed um far braver than i yes indeed uh i'm, I'm not even that brave it's just how it works out um so <laughs> I mean, I really could just pay the five bucks to the NZ and then not see the movie, but that's true. But I don't so like much. losing challenges. And there's, and there's challenges. your review. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like losing challenges, though, folks. So I don't know. I- I'm debating it. We'll see what happens. But um, let's get into uh, young adult adaptations. Now, I gotta admit, um, when I started teaching 13 years ago, I think, um, 12 years ago, something like that. 
Um, that was really I had just really got into like reading books. Like I had avoided reading for most of my high school and college life, and I I had read all of the uh, Dan Brown fiction at the time, which was just four books. And then I got into a guy named Brad Thor, uh, who was his first book that I read had a uh, like quote from Dan Brown like recommending it, and that was the only author I was really into at the time. Um, but when I started teaching, we had the book fair, and I uh, found the Percy Jackson books, and I started reading some young adult stuff, and I I found a lot of it entertaining. And uh, so I am I have seen quite a bunch uh, quite a bit of the films in this genre of these young adult novels being adapted. So. I had a lot of different options, but I'm pretty happy with my top five. I, I think I've got some good ones on here. Did you guys struggle at all? I did. Um, no, I think they've kind of wrote itself. I'm kind of surprised at some of the ones I picked. I think I stayed away from ones that I don't, you know, we'll see. And I, I will admit now, I won't say what, just in case you guys didn't do what I did, but I left a few off that I consider to be too mm-hmm. obvious. Um and so one's going to be obvious for me, but yeah, yeah, I, I think I did the same. Yeah. So, you know, but, uh, needless to say, um, it's fine if you did go with some obvious ones or if you were more obscure. I also, uh, I think all of mine are movies that were not as with the exception of, I think one, um, were movies that were not as well like seen as many others. So I'm, it's my way of kind of also trying to put them out there, like check these out. But uh, this week, Corey's going to go first, Mike will go second, and I will go third. Um, and I think before we get into our list, Corey has a message. That's right. Spoiler warning. From here forward, we're going to be talking about these movies, probably revealing some plot details. If you don't like that, go to brookreviews.com and check out our list first. Otherwise, full steam ahead. And uh, before we get into the list, we always like to f- to guess how many of oh. Mike's movies we've seen. Um, what we're going to do for this is, uh, I know it's not technically February, but let's do from now until the end of February, Corey. Let's keep a tally of who oh. gets uh, who meets our, our goal here of how many of Mike's movies have we seen um, on the list. And the person with the most wins, or most accurate, or most uh, points, I guess you could say, um, gets to... I don't want to pick a uh, a movie for the other person to watch. Okay. Bad yeah. movie? It could be any movie. But it's, I don't get to pick. Um. Oh, that could be an interesting curveball. So the only the so if Mike picks the movie, only the person that loses has to watch the movie. Yes, and it needs to be on a streaming okay. service that we subscribe to to make it where we're not paying money for a bad movie. So Amazon Prime or Netflix? Yes. Because we poor. Well, I mean, those are. Those I are, mean, yeah, yeah. Those are the best at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, Corey. How many of Mike's movies? I'll let you go first this week. How many of Mike's movies do you think you've seen? After looking at everyone else's list on the internet, I'm gonna go with two. Two. <laughs> I feel like that's um, even being brave. <laughs> Maze Runner. What's that? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go three. I'll go big, uh, bigger at least, um, and we'll see what happens this week. If I've seen three, um, I get the point. If Corey has seen two, she gets the point. If we both seen our guest number, then we both get a point, and we're at a tie. We'll see how it goes. Okay. All right, Corey, start us off. What is your number five young adult adaptation? 
I had to make another list to keep up with who's going to lose this challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say that I, I'm not really very competitive. So I think it's really funny that you guys are a little competitive because I'm not. But yeah. um, I'm like, oh, I lost. Um, so I had a struggle bus because I also thought that because we kind of talked about this off um, before we recorded what con- like what is young adult i figured like 12 or 13 you know up to probably like 17 i read books i probably shouldn't have looking at uvc andrews before then thanks grandma um (laughs) (laughs) there i love to read as a kid like i just was reading all the time all the time all the time and we would go to the library all the time and i would check out books and finish them i would like buy books at yard sales and then they had hidden bookshelves behind their fireplace in the house my grandmother lived in and there were books in there so i had run out of books to read and she told me that i could read whatever so that's what i chose um, I don't know if she knew what the book was about, but so I kind of struggled with that. I had to look at other people's lists because I feel like every time I go to make a list, I forget movies that I've seen. Um, so my number five, no, my number five is five fine actually, but some of these might, I think are a little younger. They're younger than that. Um, so my number five is 2013's warm bodies. Ah, we've yeah. talked about before um Mm -hmm. i really like this movie i've only seen it the once and that's gonna be the case for a few of my movies um but i just really like this okay oh no i didn't say i was saying all of mine are the same i'm sorry i i was thinking oh i thought you said oh hold on okay um this uh movie is from the zombies perspective r is our main character and he falls in love with julie by the way i've tried to read uh, sorry, I tried to read Shakespeare and I just couldn't. So I didn't catch that in this before you <laughs> talked about it. So, yeah. um, but um, he falls in love with Julie and he finds he's regain- regaining some of his human. I don't even know, like, not even qualities, but he starts learning to talk again. His heart starts beating. Um, he, uh, and it kind of reminded me when I was watching this too from dawn of the dead and day of the dead all the zombies are like flocking back to things that they remember from when they were alive and then i think it's day of the dead right where the military is trying to um like kind of train the zombies Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it kind of reminded me of that but i really like this movie i should check it out again yeah i need to rewatch it especially i've become a big fan of nicholas holt since this movie um and i think Teresa palmer is in something else that i like as well um Oh, yeah, she's in Lights Out, which I liked quite a bit. Uh, oh! And the director, Jonathan Levine, um, has done a couple of good movies and a couple of movies that I don't like. Um, he, he did uh, 50-50 with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen that I'm a big fan of, um, but he did Snatched from last year, uh, which I did not oh. like. Um, mm. He did The Night Before, which I found entertaining but not one i could rewatch. i tried to rewatch it and i was not interested anymore although michael shannon shows up in that movie and it's pretty great um oh, I love- but he is currently tasked if you look at his uh upcoming films he is listed as the uh potential director for coming to america 2 which has been a sequel that's been bouncing around in uh production hell for a long time now um but we'll see if that ends up coming to fruition i've heard some rumblings in the last few months with Eddie Murphy, you know, wanting to do it and whatever. So, 
Um, see if that actually plays out. But uh, I also liked Warm Bodies. I was very pleasantly surprised with this movie. I've also only seen it the one time. I forgot John Malkovich is in it. Um, Jeez, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Rob Corddry is actually really great as the the friend, um, the friend zombie to uh, to Nicholas Holt's character. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, oh. I, I think it's a good pick. And something else that I totally forgot. Um, in this, they have the bonies too, which are. Oh yeah. So we yeah. always see just humans versus zombies, but there's like that third. They're the zombies, right? That are like just too far gone. Yeah, they're like animalistic zombies. Um, they're I think essentially just skeletons, hence the the name <laughs> bonies, um, which is not the best name, but yeah. Um, <laughs> And then well, the, Corey mentioned the Romeo and Juliet thing. That's uh, there R and J. Well, R and uh, Julie um, are the names of the two love interests. They're star-crossed lovers. You know, the whole side of it plays out. Um, there's even a balcony sequence in the film. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely um, pulls from Romeo and Juliet quite a bit, which is entertaining. Um, I found at least when I was watching it. So, oh yeah, I like it. I. I... That's not a bad. I didn't, I didn't even realize it, Drew. I mean, I, it was easy to pick out the Romeo and Juliet part of it. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed young adult. You know, uh, just watching it. It's been. It feels like it's been so long since I've seen it. Well, it did, I mean, long it, enough that I came out in 2013. So, I think I saw it the year it came out on home video. So probably 2014. I watched it. So, hmm. yeah, it's been four years uh, since I would have seen it most likely. So. Um, and I still remember parts of it. I don't remember all of it, but, um, I would rewatch it. You know, I don't own that one actually. So might have to add it to my collection so I can rewatch it. All right. Um, that's Corey's number five. Mike, what about you? Okay. So I'm hoping this falls under it. It's, it's one of those happy accidents, you know, channel flipping and you find something that, and this one stuck out as I was reading or working through, and I'll mess up the pronunciation, Persopoli or Persopolis, the graphic novel, which I wanted to mention because I haven't watched the film, but I really liked the part one that I watched. And even though this isn't quite related, it has... Anyway, uh, it's from 2007 um, called Towelhead, and I hate the name, but that's the name of the novel. That's the name of the movie. So I'm really kind of, that's just how it is. And it, it has, it, it, it's basically a coming of age story with regards to um, oh. someone, um, they're Lebanese, the, the family's mm-hmm. Lebanese and she lives, it's a single parent home. The dad is raising his daughter and she's 13. So obviously there's some definite uh things going on with her uh, without getting too lurid. I mean, the uh, it's directed by Alan Ball, who I wasn't sure who that was, but he's <gasps> been a producer of American Beauty, Six Feet Under, True Blood, and that's, you know, it's not often that you see a transition, or maybe I might be mistaken between, you know, when you go from producer to director. I would not call this a perfect film, but it worked for me, and I think part of it is the cast that sold me on it. I hadn't heard of Summer Bichil, and again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing it, uh, but she's on The Magicians and Crossing Over, but also Tony Collette, Aaron Eckhart, Maria Bello around the cast. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So, you know, I usually click on the info button and look and see, and that kind of helps. So 
I got to tell you, Aaron Eckhart plays a really despicable role in it. The part he plays is it's a balance. I mean, it's almost on top of because the father's pretty abusive. He's pretty hardcore. And um, Tony Collette and her husband, I forget who plays her husband, are the neighbors that kind of take her under. They're kind of real protective of her. It seems kind of odd. Now, nowadays anymore, you know, people are kind of real suspicious of others taking their kids under their wing, kind of, you know? Yeah. And uh, and uh, with everything that was going on in the film, you know, it, may, it got me to wondering, well, who, who can she trust? And it's it ends up, it wraps itself up pretty tidily and quickly and kind of predictably, but for me, it didn't take away from it. Uh, it's worth, I felt it worth mentioning, one, because I hadn't heard it of it and this was from 2007 so 10 11 years now and i think more people need to watch i want to watch the other one that i'd mentioned but this one it stuck out to me it's not perfect but it's definitely one that i wanted to mention in my list there you go um i had not seen it so right away i'm off to a bad start with mike's list but i am uh glad you mentioned it because i do it's it sounds intriguing and i feel like um it may not live up to all of the expectations that i've now built in my head but um, I am a fan of the cast, at least the cast that I'm familiar with, and I like the premise. And it's a coming-of-age story from a perspective that we don't always get to see, so I'm intrigued by that, too. I mean, just yeah, a female coming-of-age story is rare enough. That's right. why Lady Bird's been such a big success this year. But um, from a, a teen Arab living in America during the Gulf War is um, right. very Which comes into play. Yeah, I was. I couldn't help but read the plot summary while you were talking, so I was just like, oh... I kind of already assume I know which role Aaron Eckhart's playing based on the plot summary, but um, I, I, I'm i going to see about checking this out. Definitely. And Corey, I assume... You... I... Go ahead. I haven't seen this one, but I like um big fan of Six Feet Under and True Blood. Um, I like Alan Ball a lot. So. Oh, okay. oh, well, I so there you go. Connection. So that's a selling point for you. Yes. And um, with that, I think we'll head into my number five. And mine is one that one I, I didn't actually realize it was a teen novel until I was doing my research, and I was excited uh, because this is a movie I think a lot of people skipped, thinking it would not be great. But I've found this to be pretty awesome in general, and it's The Duff from 2015. <laughs> oh, um, stars Mae Whitman, who is the, uh, the the lead star. She is in Scott Pilgrim versus the World um, as the um, evil ex girlfriend of Ramona Flowers, and um, she is terrific in this film, but she's uh, alongside Robbie Amell, who I am um, a fan of through um, the Arrowverse. He was a part of that for a very little bit of time. I think he was on The Flash as Firestorm for a bit. Um, he's uh, cousins to Stephen Amell, who is the Green Arrow on uh, the Arrow series. And he's on Robbie Amell is on a bunch of other shows and movies and stuff, but I really like him in this. Uh, start, Bella Thorne plays kind of the antagonist. Allison Janney is in this movie, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, and I was really surprised at how funny the film was, but also they use, uh, logic in a film that is often a a film genre that often defies logic where there's a sequence where she's, um, trying on different clothes very much like many movies where, you know, you have this one type of girl and here comes the, the handsome protagonist, uh, male to show her how to be, prettier or whatever it's it's a trope that's been done many times she's all that yeah and um she's trying on clothes and 
he's like taking pictures on his phone and she's at first apprehensive but you know he can he's like look this is just for us it's for research and then uh we know immediately that one of the bully girls who's friends with Bella Thorne's character sees them doing this and she takes a video of her trying on clothes and stuff and that girl posts the video on YouTube now uh Mae Whitman's character not, is it Mae Whitman yeah um, uh she approaches Robbie Mel blames him and he's like he looks at the video and he's like one this isn't even from where I was sitting. And she's like, oh, good point. And that's it. The art, the drama's over. And I was so amazed by that sequence because every other movie, that's a big fight that leads to them not talking and blah, blah, blah. And instead, they have a civilized conversation, points out a logical fact, and she accepts that and they move on. And I was like, wow, this is an amazing film because logic was used in a place where teenagers seldom use logic. So little detail, sure. Does it work for me? Totally. And so it's on my list. It's a film I think a lot of people slept on. It doesn't have the best critic score. It has a 56 on Metacritic, um, 6.5 users, so even users aren't super hot on it. But I've seen this film, actually, it's the only one on my list I've seen a couple of times, I think, uh, from beginning to end. Um, you know, my wife and daughter rented it. I ended up watching it kind of reluctantly, liked it. And then it was on HBO or something, and I watched it again at some point. And I still found it funny, and uh, I think the the chemistry between Amel and Whitman is charming, and it works. So there you go. I I I can't remember what service it's on, and I kind of flashed through it, and it's one of those that it's on my list to watch. I've been wanting to watch it. I thought I was entertained by the preview of the trailer a long time ago, and then I just (laughs) didn't catch it. Yeah, and it's I meant to mention the it's directed by. Ari Sandel, who I don't know any other work off the top of my head here. I'm looking to see if I've seen anything else. Um, nope, I've not seen anything else he's done, although it looks like he is making the uh, sequel to Goosebumps this year. Well, it's scheduled to come out this year. I don't know if that's actually going to end up happening or not. But um, but yeah, so he I he think he did a solid job with this particular film. But there you go. That's my number five. Uh, and Corey, you hadn't seen this one? No. All right. Well, then, what do you have for number four? I okay. So this is one of the ones that is too young, I think. Uh-oh. Um, yeah. Sorry. Um, when I was researching, I went to like Amazon and looked. Um, because when you look at their books, it says like uh, recommended ages, mm. and it was ten and up. So sorry, guys, but oh. here we go. Um, Tuck Everlasting. Okay. I think. Uh-huh. I might have talked about what? Go ahead. No, I think that would qualify. I don't see why I wouldn't. Okay. Um, I have only watched this once, and I think that Bill told me about it. And you said that, John, that you've, like, you skirted through high school and college not reading a lot. I feel like I read one book throughout middle school and high school, mostly because I didn't want to. And um, (laughs) I read The Pearl, and that, I love John Steinbeck. He's my favorite author, but... That book cured me of wanting to read for a long time. Um, oh, man. Yeah. I feel like if I went back and read it now, I would appreciate it. But then I didn't want to sit in class and read this, you know, novel that took up a third of our textbook. Um, but I I think Bill told me about this one. I want to read the book. I want to rewatch the movie. I've only seen it one time, and it was a while ago. But it's about 10-year-old Winnie Foster, who's played by Alexis Bledel. She meets the Tuck family. They um, cannot die 
they don't age because they've been drinking water from this spring. And um, I like that it kind of shows from their perspective that immortality is not everything that we might think it's cracked up to be. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of point out how it's lonely and that they can't really live in, you know, with other people in civilization because um, one of them, I think one of the brothers, his wife has already left because she thought he sold his soul to the devil because he never aged uh. over the length of their, you know, marriage. Um, so I like that it showed that perspective. Um, and then I also like at the end, um, uh, I think his name is Jesse Tuck. He gives Winnie this vial of water so that she can drink it when she gets to be 17 and then she can come find them and they can get married. And she doesn't drink it and they end up finding her grave at the end mm. that she, you know, she didn't ever drink the water from the spring. And I like that they kept her from drinking it when she was 10, because we've also seen that in interview of the vampire, you yeah, know, yeah. with, I'm forgetting her name, Kristen, uh, Kirsten. Kristen Dunst. Dunst. Yeah. Her character in that movie. So how old is she name. compared to, to, he's 17. How old? She's only 10. She, yeah. She's 10. So they like don't fall in love though. Right. Yeah. That's but creepy. I don't remember. Yeah. But I don't remember anything like inappropriate. And he gives her the vial to go find him later when she's seventeen. Yeah, but that's still I, I yeah. Movie. I don't like that. I I call shenanigans Tuck Everlasting. That's some creepy oh, stuff. No. Like seven years, like like seven years if she's that's like twenty four. Seventy percent of but yeah. like ten and seventeen, uh uh-uh, uh, no. Like That's if, odd, yeah. Yeah, if a senior in high school is talking to a fifth grader, I'm gonna uh, something's seven. wrong. Like not okay. So mm. uh that that body, but no, I mean, I, well, I it's mean, an intriguing think premise. Of a time period too. It's a very. Is it a period piece? Because the the clothing looks yeah. like a period piece. Yeah, yeah. I. Mm-hmm. That, I think when I was reading earlier, she died in like 1948 or something. Yeah, that the movie does not look like looking at the images. I'm just like, no, no, I don't think I could. She doesn't do this. look like she's ten. Either. No, she doesn't. Um, and I just assume reading the pro- plot summary, it doesn't say that she's that much younger. It just it points out that he's seventeen, uh, and it doesn't say her age. It just says they fall in love. So I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be ten. That that bothers me. But all right, Tuck Everlasting. Uh, Mike, have you seen that movie? I have not, nor nor read it. Now it's funny we bring up the the reading part, and I think. When we're in a situation where we're forced to read, I think it makes it so that we want to read less. Yes. Agreed. Textbook reading is so much different than picking up something that I'm interested in because I, I – oh, there was stuff I'm reading. And it's funny because I, some of my freshmen that have read some of the stuff I, I was reading around their age or younger, I'm like, wow. And then I, I'm not saying it's all of them. It's just it, – it makes me hopeful because this is not – you know, typical reading. And so, you know, I really, I really praise them for it because that's just something you don't see very often. Yeah. Um, and I should note that of my five, I've read none of the books. I've only seen the movies. So, um, I might, I, I've only read I think, one. Uh, one, one for mine. Okay. Okay. So, good. So I'm in the, uh-uh. we're all in the same boat. Um, yeah. And, uh, there it is. So, Let's go, I guess, to Mike's number four from here. All right, so this is another one that caught my eye recently, and it's endeared itself much more to me on its subsequent viewings 
as opposed to my original time from 2008 Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Ah. And I'll, 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 oh, you're adding, or is that one of your list? It's not on my list. I wanted list, to see this really bad. You oh, really like Michael Sarah? Okay. No. Uh, okay. Well, and that's the thing is, I mean, it didn't catch me on my first try. And I might be more forgiving now that I'm aged, or depends on the thing, maybe more forgiving on certain things. But it's that's what it is. I even put it, it's difficult to resist Michael Sarah and Kat Dennings. And I've not watched anything by Peter Solid, Raising Victor Vargas, Freeheld, or Five Feet High and Rising. Oh. I have to look all those up because I don't know any of them. Me either. But I will I've probably take Victor time. Vargas. That doesn't sound like a reassuring uh, I didn't song. like it. Okay. Well, but mutual friend I, again, and the I, podcast helps it. I, th- I thought I, I thought okay. he had recommended that. I kind of remember talking about that movie, but it it rang a bell, but not enough to, for me to say. I don't. It's just again, though, I didn't like this one on my first viewing, and it caught me. It's one of those right place, right time kind of things that happens to me quite a bit. I just recently posted an Instagram post regarding the effect of a director's musical selection and. Uh, that one, that particular post had to do with Zach Braff, and I related it to Quentin Tarantino because between a, a good piece of music is going to help or distract from your scene, and in this case, I feel like these pieces, and especially the ending song, which I'll mention by name, uh, apart from the film, it just resonates enough that I'm like, okay, and I'm remembering those moments and remembering that film, and, and in this case, it was. Um, Last words by the real Tuesday Weld, which I'm like, and I'm listening to it, and it's just what's going on in the scene, and it just was so relatable. It struck, it, it stuck with me so hard that whenever it plays, I have to, and this is a, re- a reference to another post, I have to literally stare and pretend like I'm in the music video because I'm triggered. I'm like feeling, and I'm like, man, okay. So honestly, I want to watch it all over again and soak it all in with everything going on. And if you haven't, you should. And I'm pointing my finger at you, Corey, <laughs> because I think you'll like it. Uh, it's... I think that I would, too. I wanted to see it when it originally came out on theaters, and I missed it. Now, I Dang have it. seen it, and I went in expecting to love it because um, he plays bass, which he Michael Sarah does mm-hmm. actually play mm-hmm. bass. Um, it was a music-driven film, which usually mm-hmm. guaranteed to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked parts of it, but I definitely walked away not loving the movie Um not hating it, but not loving it, and so I've not gone back to it. Um, maybe I need to revisit it and give it another go. I do own this one, um, and like you said, I, I am a Michael Sarah fan, generally speaking, especially when cast correctly, and this was um, definitely in his vein. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously the bass playing part, but also just the uh, the characters. The way the know, character awkward. is. Yeah. Um, yep. I think this was my introduction to Cat Dennings, if I remember correctly. And also Ari Grainer, who's in a bunch of stuff that I've seen that I also like. Uh, who's her, like, the, she's the one who's um, missing. Yeah, the dumb, yeah. drunk one. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she plays that role quite a bit. Uh, not necessarily the dumb, drunk one, but she often plays, like, the airhead or the, the, the girl you don't really care for as a character. You're usually kind of disgusted by what she's doing one way or another. Um, but she's uh, not a bad actress by any means. But, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it- it, I'll be honest, like you said, it did not get me the first time. It did not. And <laughs> it, it did, did not. not. I did not. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. We both <laughs> I might like this film it's... now. <sighs> I'm going to throw a plastic bottle down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to revisit it. I do. Um, 
the band names because the, the his band is constantly they're debating on changing their name. <laughs> and there's a couple of them that I I've never that forgotten. Are so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't even repeat them. Yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> them on, on the on the mic right now either. But yeah. Oh, uh, oh, so you saw and I was like, um, thinking I know her. She's in. Is it Two Broke Girls? I haven't seen it. She but, is. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was right. Mona in the House Bunny. Is how. I know yes. her. Oh, yeah. And then she's right. also in Thor. She's Natalie Portman's like yes. assistant. Yes, friend, um, assistant. In the okay. first two Thors. Uh, she's not in Ragnarok, but you haven't seen That's the other two. That's just a shame. I forgot that, Corey. You only saw Ragnarok. <laughs> yes. Um. All right. Well, there you go. Um. I have seen that one, though, so I get a point. Uh, I, I get, I've got you marked down. One tally mark for uh, having seen that film from Mike's list. Um. And we're going to go into my number four. And I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but... I watched this during my uh, 2016 film challenge, uh, The Spectacular Now from 2013. Um, stars Miles Teller, Miles Teller, Shailene Woodley, Kyle Chandler, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Brie Larson. Um, directed by James uh, Ponzolt. I apologize, James, if I've mispronounced your name. Who directed the uh, critically reviled The Circle from this past year, which I didn't hate but didn't love. Um and the end of the tour, which I very much liked and can't recommend enough. Uh, that's a movie with Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg. Oh. I think it's Jesse Eisenberg. I hope I'm it, right. is. it is. I'm pretty sure. Um, and they're uh, like it's basically just them conversing, and I very much enjoyed that film though. Um, but the spectacular now, I had kind of avoided because I was not a Shailene Woodley fan, but this was the movie that won me over, and I saw that she actually can act. Um, mm-hmm. And I started giving her other films a chance, and sure enough. I still have not watched the, the Divergent films, and I'm not going to, but um, she's great in this and some other teen fiction movies that I won't mention in case they're on somebody's list. Um, I generally like, like Miles Teller anyways, but I particularly like him in this film. I'd say this is my second favorite performance from him, with Whiplash being the first. Whiplash. Um, and I, I love Jennifer Jason Lee in almost everything she's in. Uh, same thing with Brie Larson. So... Um, I don't remember the movie as well as I w- would prefer for like talking about it, but I do remember like my reaction to it, and I was kind of blown away at parts of it. Uh, I was definitely emotionally involved with the characters. They they brought me in. Um, there's a an accident that happens that caught me so off guard that I audibly gasped when it happened, and I definitely have not forgot that particular part because I did not see that type of dramatic event happening in a film like this. Um, but you know, teaching high school, like, this is a student, Miles Teller is kind of unsure of himself, doesn't know, doesn't have confidence in himself, really, and doesn't know what he's going to do life after high school-wise, um, and he's, like, a hard-party, cool guy in high school, and now he's got to start trying to grow up, and he's not really ready to, and then dealing with, like, um, his family issues and dealing with his girlfriend issues, um, it's a really compelling story that's really well acted, and Critics seem to agree it has an 82 on Metacritic, which is really yeah. high um, for a young adult ad- ad- adapted book. Man, I cannot speak, apparently. But, um, yeah, I, I actually want to rewatch this, especially I keep becoming more and more of a fan of Brie Larson. So I like kind of revisiting her, her earlier roles when she's not getting the lead role. You know, she's more of a side character here. She's a side character in Scott Pilgrim. Um, Short Term 12 is one of her early lead roles, which is amazing if you haven't seen that one. Um, but she's great in this movie. Um, not the lead. Shailene Woodley definitely has the lead female role in this movie, but they're both excellent. And so highly recommend spectacular. Now 
And did you already mention Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I know. I forgot she's in this because she's way down on the list. Ramona yeah. Flowers? Yeah, she, yes. Well, <laughs> the other part is I, I guess the director is from Athens, Georgia. That's where this part of this takes place. So that's going to be the draw for me. Oh, My nice. um, principal, uh, current principal right now, he and I share a lot of similar musical tastes. And he just went to the 40 Watt Club to see a show and Ooh. got pictures of himself and Robin Hitchcock. Uh, if you happen to know that particular music, and I'm just because of when I when we went through uh, Athens, Georgia, if you're not aware, is the home of UGA, Brilliant. the Georgia Bulldogs, which I had wanted to go to, and I think I was too afraid to. Well, if I had gone there, who knows what would have happened? Probably wouldn't be here, and would have stayed over that way. But when we went, it was summertime, and being a college town, lots of 40 watt wasn't open at that point, uh, at least. That day, it was a weird day. I think it was a Saturday, Sunday, so it was really quiet. But I got to do the uh, Wux Tree and kind of go through, and then we tried out a couple of different places. If if I move, because I've been jokingly talking, not jokingly, I really do want to move into somewhere besides where I'm living right now. Um, that would be one that's on that's on my probably top five. So just by that, it's already on my watch list. I just looked on my IMDb and I added it. So I feel like we've talked about it before. It's possible because I couldn't remember if I've ever referenced this film. It is one that I liked quite a bit when I watched it the first time and um, was definitely surprised by it. I think I had kind of written it off because of Shailene Woodley. And again, um, this well, is a good performance and, by her. And it's tough tough not to because I remember when she was on the – oh, what's the TV the show? The Secret American, Life of American Teenager. Life of American Teenager, yep. yes. And, I, uh, and we had come off of Seventh Heaven, which I think had this, uh, the same production staff. But at the time, we loved the show. We really liked that. And I just, you know, and Divergent, right? She's on Divergent, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, she is on the HBO series. What's the HBO series? Little Little Lies? Lies? Oh, yeah. She is on that, too. That's right. And so, yeah. There, and there was another one I saw that was against you. You know how actors and actresses try to act against type and I cannot remember the name of it. I'm trying to dig it up and I just cannot remember which one it was. I want to say maybe White Bird in a Blizzard mm. that she was in. I don't know that one. Uh, okay, I think it's that one. It's Yeah, because it was a rated R one. It was a big deal. Mm. Has Having to do with uh, her as a teen and girl when her mom disappearing. and going for, Yes, that's the one. That's the one because it, it's like a, a mystery of some sort. And so that one and the HBO series have definitely changed my mind on her. And so, you know, give her more of a chance. She's also in The Descendants, um, which yes, is a really good Yes, which was fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that was fantastic. Which I watched, I think, after Spectacular now. So, like, and again, I, I think that gave me courage to go into her other films. And I've liked her in almost everything else. Uh, I still won't watch the Divergent movies. Those look awful. But that said. Let's find out. Corey's number three is Divergent. No, Corey, what is your number three? I've never Ooh. seen that movie. Wow, shot fired. Um, shot fired. Oh no! Mayday, mayday. Um, that's why I had such a hard time with this. I've never seen so many of the movies, but um, anyway. Also, I feel like I need to um, put some asterisks here. Apparently, so I'm backtracking. In Tuck Everlasting, in the book, she's ten. In the movie, she's fifteen. So less oh, okay. creepy. Okay, yes, much cool. less creepy. Okay, okay that's it. Okay. Um, my number three, this is another one that I think might be too young for this list, but I chose Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, 
That's it's probably Wes Anderson's, a book. Yeah, adaptation of Roald Dahl's uh, novel. Yeah, I think this one is nine and up, and that's where I was kind of like, so is it just like if it's not like a kid's kid's book, is it? You know what I mean? You just you just went Y Y A young young. Adult. Yeah, I'm just like I'm just like whatever I want. These are the movies I like. Um, so, <laughs> so um, I, you guys know I, I've kind of reeled it back a little bit, but I love when Barnes and Noble has their Criterion, um, their Criterion sale half off, and mm-hmm. I just go a little wild and I'll buy three or four or five. And um, I had been wanting to watch this movie and I really like um, Wes Anderson and John told me that I, it's a good one and it's probably a good one buy and I loved it. And Bill actually sat and watched it with me and he loved it too. Oh, great. But yeah, I love it. Um, and we're super hyped about Isle of Dogs. Yes. So cannot wait for Isle uh, of Dogs. Yes. I love that this is, um, it's stop animation and it's, beautiful like all of his films i like that he went with a different color palette than usual though um and the cast it's such a fun movie i love that it's i think it's funny that we're rooting for a fox and he's stealing from humans and we're humans but we're still rooting for the fox yeah and though he's stealing it's still we we did that in the planet of the apes movies word word but i feel like the apes aren't aren't doing anything bad and here, I mean, he is just trying to feed his fam, family. But fox, fox have to live. Yeah, it's true. And you know, I actually was walking in Boise the other day, and there was one in the middle of the city, guys. And I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> well, yeah, I and hope it was probably right Mr. Fox itself. So it was. The, it was him. The voice cast in this is phenomenal. Um, I've shown this to my <laughs> students a few times. It's definitely I the most. Was Mrs. Fox? Yeah, and. Um, Bill Murray's the Badger, but Jason Schwartzman is probably my favorite character in the movie. Um, it, it's really funny, and it's definitely one of the more accessible for like all ages for Wes Anderson because, yes. um, and I love how he still had his Wes Anderson style dialogue, but they said "cuss" instead of yes. actually. <laughs> like, are you cussing at me? Uh, of course you're cussing at me. Like I, I love that. It's so funny. Um, such a great movie. Uh, I I need to watch this. It's one of the holes in my Wes Anderson viewing. You know, I like him. And I, uh, this one, Hotel uh, Hotel Dar- Darjeeling. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, no, um, Hotel. It's a uh, Darjeeling Limited. It's a train. Thank you, Darjeeling. Limited. But there is a short film prequel with Natalie yes, Portman and Jason Schwartzman, which is yes, the Hotel Cavalier. Thank oh. you. So there's a few that I haven't I haven't quite caught, and I feel ashamed. I'll go back to watching my bottle rocket right now. Yeah, um, I can't wait for Isle of Dogs. So good pick, Corey. Um, even though probably doesn't truly it's qualify, um, the movie maybe pushes it a little up though to maybe more young adults. So um, we'll let it slide because it's Wes Anderson. Okay, perfect. All right, Mike. This time, no no strikes assigned. Yes. Thanks. What is your number three? It's Mikey? been a long time. I know. I know. We haven't had strikes for 2018. A few so far has been strike free. So. Depends. How many more picks does she have? So we'll see. <laughs> two more. So. Have two more. I think uh, the other ones are okay, though. Okay. So, for me, Anne Hathaway's appearance in this, and you're probably thinking of another one, but I picked a different Anne Hathaway one, is very likely what drew me into it, along with Mini Driver, Parmender Nagra, Carrie Elwes, and Steve Coogan, as well as all the other casts, which I could spend quite a while. Anyway, so... Uh, 2004's Ella Enchanted, and there's a couple of reasons I went with this one. One was 
again, going back to the inclusion and the picking of songs and the reworking of songs into the story, I'm not familiar enough with the book. We just had that conversation where, you know, we haven't read as many of them as we should have. And I haven't read this one. I would, again, it's, I'm not the demographic for this, but I'll explain further on this. So I figure that's a liberty that was taken by the filmmakers. And when it was done in A Knight's Tale, I'm pretty sure I didn't want to like it. Uh, you know, where you're taking these modern day songs and working them into time periods that are not typical for what, you know, you would hear these songs in. But it grew on me and it definitely worked for me in Ella Enchanted. One of the things I think is just... My kids were so into this at the time, and so that helped out that it grew on me because we've all been there where children, they re-watch. want to watch and rewatch the yeah. same thing over and over. But when it's something that, well, I mean, this will beat out, oh, there is one that we ended up buying, and I don't know why we did that to ourselves. It was some sort of Dalmatian caper double uh. DVD feature, and it, it had been one that we had borrowed from the library, and then somehow we bought a copy for like $2, which was... The most painful two dollars we've spent, but um, <laughs> well, you know, because you're watching it over and over again. But in this case, I watched this over and over again quite joyfully because it worked. And it's tough not to to like Anne Hathaway. And I've only just now, within the last couple of weeks, watched her performance in Les Misérables, and just wow. I, and I know we, we've had that conversation. It worked for me. I know that that version is not for everyone. I, I think I can forgive her a lot, and so that's probably why I included it in this. Yep. Oh, incidental music. Incidental indeed. So, you know, mm-hmm. that is um, one that I've not seen. Uh, I wish it would have been the other one because I would have seen <laughs> that one. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like to – well, okay, so it's I debated um, the um, – I love that one, and I have a, I have a student that she – uh, I've done a couple stories on my Instagram. We did like separated at birth and we, I said, okay, I found your perfect celebrity doppelganger. And I, I felt badly because I, I, I don't know if I offended them. And I said, Julie Andrews. And she just got this hurt. Look, I said, not Julie Andrews. Now, <laughs> if you look at her about your age, I mean, she's like, I guess, I, you know, I even said, well, can you sing? Cause I could, I'm now imagining you spinning around on the Hills. And <laughs> So that was tough because I love, I love, love Julie Andrews. So yeah, I went with this one instead. Um, Corey, have you seen this one? I have not. Ah, whoa, Corey, you've only got two. You have I to know. have the two and one. I, I have to have two and one also, though. So I guess we're in the same boat. Um, all right, Mike. Well, neither of us saw Ella Enchanted. I am kind of intrigued by the whole music thing you just described, though. So I don't know if it's too late for me to check it out and it not be weird, but. That said, um, it's just you know the anachronistic in- inclusion of music. It, it it really worked for me. And if you liked it done in a Knight's Tale, I hate to butt in right there. If you liked it in a Knight's Tale, I get a feeling you would probably enjoy it in this. Hmm. What about in Great Gatsby? I haven't seen it. Oh, I've not seen oh. the re- the redone. I I am very I'm committed to the Robert Redford one, hmm. um, which t- after starting to rewatch it again. Lately, I don't know that it's aged as well. I, I I need to give the new one a try. Yeah, I like the new one. But uh, my number three is a recent film from 2017, um, Before I Fall, which is the uh, 
Groundhog oh, Day inspired um, teen drama. It's not the Groundhog Day inspired horror movie. It's the Groundhog Day inspired teen drama in 2017. I mean, it was like the beginning of last year, if I remember correctly. Um, stars Zoe Zoe Deutsch, uh, Halston Sage, Cynthia Cynthia Wu, Symphony. I'm not sure if it's Cynthia Symphony. Cynthia. I don't know how to say that. Um, but I kind of when I saw the trailers for this movie, I thought it looked. One, I immediately was upset with the Groundhog Day ripoff type thing, which has happened so much now that I'm kind of over it anyways. But um, I went in not sure I would get into it. I wasn't I felt like it was going to be pretty predictable. And there are definitely parts that are somewhat predictable. But I was really into the character development. I liked the plot. Um, Some of the visuals of how they show the progression of time are really uh, compelling. They're not all perfect. There are problems. But I really like this movie. And. And when I realized it was a teen fiction novel, I thought it was worthy of uh, bringing up. Even though it's not that old, it's definitely uh, should be still available to rent on a variety of services. And I recommend it. Um, I don't remember what I gave it in my rating. I feel like it was probably not quite golden, although it might have been decent watch. Um, I th- I think it was not qu- not quite golden though. I definitely have fond memories of it now, and um, I have not rewatched it. But it's one that I would definitely rewatch because I thought. Uh, there's the way it ends was extremely satisfying. Um, I thought it was not it was not what I was expecting to happen, and I I liked that a lot. So, oh, I somehow just clicked on a Fifty Shades freed ad. This is like torture. Ah, uh, they've got you already. I can't. When you were talking about it, I had to pull it up on IMDb, and it's like, don't miss the climax. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus. that's the tagline, guys. Really? That's yeah, the that's what tagline. I said earlier. It's like I love this tagline. And what makes it worse? Thi- we're giving that thing so much free pr- uh, promo time yeah. that we should I know, really right? should bill, on maybe it, we should bill it we should bill it they, yeah the, this one has like her ex comes back and he has a gun in the trailer like yeah, i'm so just like what's what the crap is happening like I, oh god um and then kim kim basinger is in it though like that's not necessarily a mark of quality. That's what I'm saying. Like it used to be. It used to be for sure. Like we just watched LA Confidential not long ago. Fantastic. Which, fantastic. Yeah. Um but yeah. yeah, so that's in there. So before I fall, neither of you have seen it if I re- recall. No. That is correct. See, and that's why it's that's one of the reasons on my list. There's a few other books that I I was torn between several. Like this was actually a kind of hard list for me to narrow down to 5. Um, but I was trying to hit some that I think it, this one, it came out so early in the year, a lot of people wrote it off, but it actually was really well received um, overall from what I remember. Because even uh, it was, uh, I can't get the Metacritic to load on my app for some reason, but um, I feel like it had a positive score. It may not have been like super high, but it was still, I think, over the 50% mark. Um, uh, 58, uh, it finally loaded. 58 um, for Metascore, which is not bad, again, for a teen adaptation adaptation my goodness um so there you go before i fall my number three let's hear what Corey's number two is okay and again when i look this up it's it's under books as fantasy so sorry guys um i chose 1987's a princess bride oh that one counts uh, uh wait 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 uh, okay. what number number two hey me too Hey. Cool. Okay, great. And I've seen that. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to mark I'm telling. Everybody, I'm win. everybody wins. You get a chicken nugget. I still have to win one more. Nugget. I still need one more also. Yeah. If you don't get that one, then I'll be very surprised. Everybody gets chicken nuggets. Yay. Okay. Um, I'm, not, I'm not buying them, though. You just have to That's buy them. okay. That's probably, okay. Probably for the best. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I can't remember what list I've talked about this on, but I know I've talked about it before. I love this movie so much. I um, This is the one where I read most of the book, and I was trying to be a trooper, and I was trying to finish what I started, and I was really trying to finish this book. And trying to finish this book, which I never did finish, by the way, because I hated it so much, kept me from reading for at least a year, a year and a half. Oh, wow. Like, I couldn't pick up a book. I just couldn't because I just hated that. I hated it so much. But I love the movie. Um, and I, my cousin and somebody else both, like, suggested it to me because I love the movie so much. <sighs> um, but I, I love everything about this. I love Robin Wright as Buttercup. I love Carrie Yules, or was we don't know. We're still on the fence about the pronunciation. Um, I... You know, Bill still tells me as I wish, as you wish. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Bill introduced me to this movie. My husband, who is not an mm-hmm. avid movie watcher by any means, introduced me to this movie. And I just think it's great. Mike? I, I can't remember how I was introduced to this, but I've been a fan. Let's see, 87, I was 14. Surely it was close to around that. I know I didn't see it in the theaters, uh, but I, I've basically, let's see, that's 30. 31 years now yeah. anyway it's, it's a good majority of my life and it's stuck with me um second appearance of i i don't know is it carrie elways whatever robin wright mandy patinkin andrew andre the giant oh, r.i.p peter falk billy chris so many names honestly what could else could i add to this classic i was Glad to be able to introduce. Was that the first time Taylor had watched it? Because I thought it was. It was. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, and, and again, we had that conversation where we couldn't tell their because she's kind of get that stoic reaction. And I can't tell with my mm-hmm. kids. I don't know that, that if they're at that same level of appreciation that my wife and I are at. I mean, we're sitting there. We were kind of obnoxious because we know the thing. We we oh. we've seen it so much we can recite it probably. And you know, if this is when you haven't watched it, you probably should pause this, watch it. Probably not the best thing to promo the podcast, but really it's just – and that's just for my number two pick. Yeah. So. And let's not forget Carol Kane. Yeah, I mentioned her. Oh, did you? Well, I didn't hear you say I, yeah, I, I, mentioned her. I was just going blah, – blah, blah, blah. I was going as fast as I could. The first time I saw uh, Princess Bride, I was a young boy, probably Fred Savage's age in the movie. And I was much like him. I was not that interested when I saw it as a kid because it was like romance and blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was called The Princess Bride. And I think as a, like a little five-year-old, I was probably like, I'm not a princess and I'm not a bride. Why do I want to watch this movie? You know, like, I definitely had – I watched it, but I don't – I didn't have memories of loving it or anything. Um, and it was a few years ago. Uh, I bought it and I was like, I'm going to rewatch this movie. And I was so blown away by how great it was. I couldn't believe I'd spent so long not quoting it and like being a part of that that group that I fully embrace it. And I've shown it to my students and my daughter watching it. Finally, I was very excited that she liked it. Um, I've had a shirt um, with it's a it just has like the like a fake name tag on it. You like the name tag stickers. It says, hello, my name is Iago Montoya. Uh, You killed my father. Now prepare to die like that's written on like the name tag part. And I've huge fan of this film. So I'm glad. It's on both of your lists. It is not on mine, not because I don't love it, but again, I was trying to go for things that I feel like more people haven't seen than have, and I, I hope everybody's seen The Princess Bride, but if not, like Mike said, it's okay to pause the podcast, go watch it, and come back and listen to the rest, because it's it's definitely worth your time and money. I own it on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital, so I'm all in. And I think, I know I've seen it at least once in the theater when 
they've done Turner Classic movies, yeah. like, rescreens. I missed the last one, and I was very upset that we didn't get to go um, and watch my, it. My husband asked the silly question. He's like, you've already seen this in theaters. Why do we need to see it again? The Shining, every single year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that's your both number two, uh, The Princess Bride. Um, moving into my number two, and I almost messed up and went to my number one because we were on your number twos, and I was like, I guess it's my one. But no, <laughs> this is my number two. Um, it's from 2012, and it's The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Um, mm. Stars Logan Lerman, Emma Watson, uh, Ezra Miller, Paul Rudd. has a. It doesn't star him, but he's great when he's in it. He's an English teacher. Uh, Dylan McDermott, um, Kate Walsh. I think that's the main cast. Oh, it's also worthy of note. Johnny Simmons, who is, um, um, oh my God, Young Neil in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World it has a small part. And Mae Whitman shows up in this as well um, from The Duff and Scott Pilgrim. Um, and it is directed by Stephen Chabosky. Chibos- Chib- I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, who directed uh, recently... One that I almost put in my top five, Wonder, from this year, that uh, emotionally brought me to tears several times. Um, way too many times, in fact. And uh, I remember watching Perks. I was very excited about seeing it. It looked uh, compelling. I really wanted to, to check it out. Um, I really, really liked it when I saw it. Uh, I love the connection that Logan Lerman's character makes with Emma Watson and Ezra Miller. Um, he's kind of a kid who doesn't have a lot of friends ends up making friends with these two and kind of finding himself in a group of friends that already exist. Um, and he's got some repressed memories that kind of play out throughout the film. It's, it's very, it's definitely got the teen teen drama element down, but there's a romance that's very um, compelling and the friendships again, it's just a really good movie. And there are some good music moments in the film. Um, and I think I connect because I'm I'm naturally an introvert as well, and that's your lead character by Logan Lerman is an introvert, and him kind of finding a way of coming out of his shell is, uh, you know, it's, it's something to latch onto if you're an introvert. You just kind of hope you can have that same kind of revelation. But Perks of Being a Wallflower from 2012 is my number two. That's when it's on my list. So let me double check. I have it on my watch list. I bought. I've I've i actually a few chapters into that book. Oh, but uh, it's funny. A lot of these, sometimes I'll see them, um, and I'll buy them, especially at the library because they're just dirt cheap. And I, I, I thrown my wife's moratorium on new books away, and that was one. And it's not a hard read; it's a really easy read. I just mm-hmm. need to finish it. And so, yeah, yeah. no, nope, it wasn't on my watch list. And this was the film now. that uh, introduced me to Ezra Miller and made me hopeful with him as the flash and i i did like him as the flash in justice league so um Corey, have you seen perks have not i i recommend it i i had several students who've also uh, i've not shown this one to my students but a lot of them had read the book and so they've seen the movie so we uh, you know a lot of them are fans of it i know that people love that book and they will like the movie if they give it a chance. It does have a 67 on Metascore, which is a pretty positive score, again, for a teen drama. So um, moving into Corey's number one. Okay. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Oh. I've already talked about it on another podcast. I think I know what but... it is. Is, <laughs> it, is it a Tim Burton movie? No. Oh, no. Okay. No. This is so much better. Mm. You should have stopped at Big Fish. We've talked about this. 
Um, which also apparently is a young adult novel that I didn't know. But anyways, oh. um, my number one is from 2015. It was one of my favorite movies that year. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Ah. I love this movie. Brendan told me about it. I think he told you about it too. Went to see it. And I just remember, um, uh, I think that they're in a car or they're at the bottom of a hill at her house or something. And this song came on and it just punched me right in the gut. And I loved it so much right away. Um, it's I'll come running by Brian Eno. So this film introduced me to who has become one of my favorite musicians now. Like I knew of him, but, um, Brian Eno did most of the music for this, but um, I love that it begins with a lie. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, like spoiler. you're just not. <laughs> yeah, well, we did give spoiler warnings at true, the beginning, true. You're right, but you're um, right. this, I, I don't know if someone would have like described this and like told me the synopsis or tried to describe the movie to me. I don't know if I would have been very interested. You know what I mean? I think that. The movie is just so good. I love everything about it. I love that he just he tries to like skirt through school without having friends or enemies and um not possible. I, yeah, I no, it's not. I love that. Does he call Earl his not his coworker? Yeah, no, it's coworker. <laughs> his coworker. Okay. Yeah. Um, even though they do all these really cool things together, and I love how much they love movies, and I love his parents because I love. Nick Offerman. Um, mm -hmm. I just think I love all the. And is it Molly? Is it Molly, Molly Shannon, Shannon who plays her mom? Name. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. think that. Uh, I just think this is a masterpiece. I said it. Well, I forgot that John Bernthal was in it, and yeah, then I really like. Yeah, he's Bridget. the teacher. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot. Yeah. Well, there's a. Um, I know Burke. You wanted to say something, so I'll, I'll continue no, in a minute. Yeah, no, Mike. Go ahead. I'll. I'll, I'll well, this I'll, is. This is one I was really, really resistant to. My daughter really talked it up, and I'm like, because of the, you know, the whole, and you know me, I read spoilers ahead of time, and spoilers will never do justice to the film, and, you know, it made me get things in my eyes that I don't normally like to get, and it's, it, I, I want to watch it again, and I'm sure I would love the book, and uh, it, it, it was neat because it's it's flipped because my daughter is the one recommending it to me so or was the one I um I have taught this movie for 2 years now um maybe 3 um since I since I bought it I think I've taught it every year and um I've turned several students into uh, actually one of the things I love about this film so much is it makes casual movie teenagers who you know they just watch the big blockbusters see uh, a side of art house film that they don't always see because um the director whose name i always screw up it's alfonso um gomez rejon uh or rejon um it worked with scorsese uh like scorsese there's a really cool interview on youtube with him and scorsese um talking because he was a big I, I don't remember their connection but they have some kind of connection for this movie and um he does some really interesting camera techniques. Uh, there's this really long take during a very, very serious scene um, that my students always notice, and it's it makes you feel like you're in the room during this very awkward confrontation. And so I've analyzed this film at a level that both of you have not even gotten close to, um, not in a like bragging way, but I left this off of my list despite being an avid fan of it because, in my eyes, 
this is an obvious pick because I am so familiar with it. And again, that is not in any way meant to sound like braggy or anything. It's just such a heavy part of my my students' worlds. Um, a lot of them, this is the film that opens their eyes to the artistry side of film. Um, I have a student who is working on, he wrote a script. He is working on making his script into a film that is heavily influenced by this movie. This is his favorite film all time um, because of, not because of me, but because I introduced it to him. I take credit for it. I didn't have anything to do with its production. But um, the interesting thing, though, I've heard several of my students have read the book uh, since watching the movie. I actually have the book in my school library, like in my like classroom library, I should say. Um, that I check out to the students, and they all dislike the ending of the book. The, apparently, the ending in the movie Ooh. is more satisfying um, hmm. time-wise. Which is uh, unusual. It is, right? Um, so I don't know if that's the common consensus or not, but it is a marvelous film. Um, Thomas Mann had a new film come out last year called Some Freaks, which was not great. Um, and uh, what's her name? I always forget her name. Olivia Olivia Cook. Cook. Had an excellent film, uh, not Thoroughbreds, as I haven't seen that one yet, but she had a film called Something Says Goodbye, Katie Says Goodbye, um, that is this still does not have distribution to my knowledge that I saw at the Florida Film Festival last year, which is fantastic. And R.J. Seiler had a big blockbuster last year as he was the Blue Ranger in the Power Rangers movie. Um, mm-hmm. So, and obviously the other actors we've mentioned, but great film, uh, good pick, Corey. And again, I'm glad again, because this is the second movie on my honorable mentions that I left off because to me, I I couldn't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I talk about this film a lot. So I opted to uh, to leave it off. So I'm glad it's on here. Oops. All right. Um, Mike, uh, what do you have? All right. Well, this is my last but not least pick. I figure is likely not going to be any surprise to either of you. 1983's The Outsiders by Francis Ford Coppola. It's one of those that you should have watched already, and I really need to dig up my copies. I have multiple copies, at least two of the novel. I know I've bought more than one, and they've gone. I'm sure, like my copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, my daughter has probably grabbed one, and I don't know where. I might have lent the other one out. BBC America has been running this a lot lately, like hours on hours on hours, and so I DVR'd it. So it's been regular viewing on my list for the last, uh, let's say, a month because it's been a while. I figure I really need to introduce my students to this somehow, although I don't know how to best implement it into what I do. So I might could do it. I definitely could try to sneak it in with a fresh – I don't know. Uh, I don't want to get too – but it's just – I can't. How can I add to this? It's. It does have some parts that probably seem over dramatic, but it still holds up pretty handily to, for me. And I think it would for most, even you know, ones that are totally. I think it'll draw any of, whether you're young or old, in just the differentiation of cla- the division, the, the class division, the divisiveness, and the. It's just so. Have you said you can't the name get that of it? cast again? Yeah, did I not say the outside? Yeah. Oh, you, I missed it. Okay, I got really. I was like, "What book is he talking about?" <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I said. I said. My it. bad. Uh, I've seen this, by the way. So. <laughs> no. We both have points. We're both. We both met our goal. Oh, all right. That's not as fun, but okay. <laughs> sorry, Mike. I cut you off. Oh no! I, I think I was. I, I really can't add any more to the outsiders. It's just. It's to me. 
the pick. And uh, uh, this is the third uh, movie you guys mentioned that I felt was too obvious because I taught this one as well. Not just the movie. I taught the book um, when I was teaching English. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a classic. Um, deals with, you know, uh, social classes, like you said. And, I mean, gosh, the, wh- who would have thought the cast would mm-hmm. become the icons that they are? You know, like so many of them have done so much. Um, mm-hmm. That, yeah, I, like I, I remember when I found out about this movie's existence – I was like, how have I not seen this? Because it was, I think when I was teaching is when I came across it. And I was like, how do I not know this movie? Like, everybody in this movie is huge. Like, how have I never seen uh-huh. this? Um, but, but yeah, so I was excited uh, to show it to my students after we read the novel. Well, I, I think it's Rob Lowe. I want to say it's Rob Lowe has a reality series that he goes around with his son. Yeah, the, and I cannot remember the name. And what's it? Do you know it? I think it's The Lowdown. Like I could be wrong, but I feel like it's a that sounds pun. right. That sounds right. No, no, that sounds it is. It, it does use use their name. Um, and the episode I happened to catch, I think they were squatching, but they went by. It was it was located near where they had filmed a lot of the outsiders. So they went back and they visited oh. S. E. Hinton, and oh, it wow. was so cool. It that was is just really amazing. cool. And I think he even was able. I want to say he was able to fit into his DX um, shirt. Oh man, that he wore. Yeah, which I'm like, good lord, I wish, because um, you know how long ago that was. That was thirty some years ago. Yeah, ago, thirty five. Well, uh, definitely a, a solid number one pick. So it makes perfect sense. Um, mine is one that I have been advocating for this film because I feel like a lot of people slept on it, and it's it's fairly recent. Um, it's from 2016. I didn't know this was based on a novel until doing research, and I was very excited and immediately put it as my number one. Um, and that's, from, again, 2016's A Monster Calls, um, directed by J.A. Bayona, um, stars Lewis McDonald, Mc, nope, McDougal, McDougal. Can I interrupt you really quick? Yes. I still haven't watched this, and I really want to. Well, I won't spoil anything. Um, okay. But uh stars Sigourney Weaver, Felicity Jones, um, Toby Kebble, I think is how you say his name. And I think that's the gist of the big names in the film. But um, Felicity Jones is outstanding in this movie, and so is Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Liam Neeson, I for- I almost forgot to mention Liam Neeson. His- he's not early on the build cast, but he is the voice of the monster. Um, there are some sequences with the, uh, the artwork. Um, the monster tells stories to the kid, and they are done in watercolor. And it is so gorgeous. It is some of my favorite animation sequences in any film. Um, I've only seen it once, and I can still like vividly recall those sequences because I was so taken by them. I cried a few times in this movie, for sure. Um, it's one that so many people are afraid to watch it because it is a very blatant tearjerker um, in the trailer. And that bums me out because I love this movie. I was so taken by it. Um, the visuals, the cast... Um, and it's something I think it's a visual metaphor for how people deal with with grief. And I, I was just so impressed. It's a 76 on Metacritic and a 7.5 user score. Um, I, I want everyone to see this movie. I, I cannot stress how great it is. I've been meaning to rewatch it, but I don't want to rewatch it alone. I really want if I'm going to suffer through it again, I want to not like suffer is not the right word, but it is definitely emotionally trying. So if I'm going to go through that. I would like to sit with somebody who hasn't seen it, like, you know, to encourage someone else to see this excellent film. Cause 
it's made so well and so loving. And again, the, there's some great performances. I I didn't I mentioned Sigourney Weaver, but she's fantastic too. Um, although uh, I can't remember if she ha- tries to do a British accent um, or if they just kind of write that off. But I feel like she tries, and it's not great. Um, it's not awful, but it's but I don't think great. it takes away from it. I don't think it's just you know. I don't feel. Well, I just found out my phone does something I didn't know it could do. Um, and I didn't mean to do it. Okay, I've undone whatever I just did. So, um, yeah, that's my number one. And I didn't realize, Mike, you'd watched it. I did. Uh, my son had seen it prior to um, me watching it, and he told me I needed to watch it, so we did. And, yeah, it's funny when my kids are recommending stuff to me, and I, I know I'm getting older. I'm like, mm, I don't know. And it just there's a lot of emotion in it and it's 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 not easy I, I get what you're saying when you mean when you say suffer through it I, I i understand what you mean yeah um the only it's not quite emotionally as affecting but we just had that conversation about gifted yeah yeah and that one caught me off guard was mm-hmm. it was and not one i expected it was one of those buy one get one free and uh, I know we had mentioned the book of Henry. And so we watched that one first and I just, yeah, that was just, I'm glad we watched gifted second Yeah, because it was, it just blew the book of Henry away. Book of Henry second. Uh, it, it, yeah. I just, and, and, and uh, you know, not, not to take away from your, your pick. It's just these films, where, where do they find these young Kids. actors? Yeah. Yes. That can get this range that can get this, these performances out of these kids it's amazing and i it boggles my mind yeah the the girl from gifted talent uh Mm -hmm. plays the young tanya harding in i tanya oh Um, my gosh yeah and she's great in that too so uh i was like i'm looking i'm like that girl looks really familiar and i don't know like she's so good and i was like oh yep okay she's in gifted that's why i was like that makes sense yeah yeah just all around that one and i mean even that one took me back because uh, we talked about this one, Little Man Tate, a long time ago, and oh. kind of similar idea. I'm like, oh man, because that was one of my picks a long while back, and so yeah, th- yep. this wow, okay, Monster Calls, people, you need to see it. Mike's backing me up. Yeah, on definitely. It. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to watch it again. I need to watch it again. Uh, me too. Uh, all right, let's get to honorable mentions. Corey, do you have any? I do. I do. I have the Secret Garden. Uh, the Witches, mm-hmm. Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar That's Children. That's the Tim Burton movie I thought was going to be on your list. <laughs> Hugo and A Little Princess. Hugo <laughs> was on my list, but then I, it's not young adult. It is uh, yep. children, so I left it off my list. But that's a Scorsese movie that's accessible to all ages, which is hard to find. Yeah, I want. I, that's another one my son's been on my case to watch. That's good, man. And the bits and pieces I've caught, I've really loved. Mm-hmm. I, I need to just watch it all the way through. He has watched – that's one of his go-tos. I don't know if Corey just, knows. Uh, that's uh, Asa Butterfield is in both P- Peregrines and Hugo. Um, that's I had uh, forgotten it, but I think when um, – because I was reading Mrs. Peregrines. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember because you were here but, when that when it came out and stuff, so – I like the movie better, although I like I like a lot like the premise of the book. You guys know, I think he found like these photographs at like a some kind of yard sale or something yeah. like that, and then he like built the books around the photos. Hmm. 
And I hope I didn't cut you off, Corey. Was there any anything else? Nope, that was it. Okay. Uh, Mike, what about you? Um, me and Earl and the Dying Girl was on my list. I forgot to mention that earlier. Uh, never Ending Story. Oh. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I guess is more young, young. But that's why I didn't include it in my top five. Um, I don't know, but I, I included on my honorable mentions To Kill a Mockingbird. It is. It, that counts. Okay. Yeah. And so I figured that would be an obvious one. And then the last one, which I figured would be super obvious, and I was able to teach it, Holes. I thought holes as well, um, and I didn't. I didn't put it on my honorable mentions, but I, I really like that movie. Actually, um, poor young Shia LaBeouf before he's crazy. Um, <laughs> and I had, Sigourney Weaver again. Oh yeah, that's right. He's yeah. eccentric. He has money. <laughs> he's not a celebrity anymore. Well, I had all of the Harry Potter books um, like, <laughs> and movies, but I didn't. As honorable mention, I just put Harry Potter all. Although, if I was going to pick one, Prisoner of Azkaban is the number one. Ooh. Um, I, I also had Mean Earl, Princess, and Outsiders on my honorable mentions. Uh, I had Fault in Our Stars, which I just recently watched and was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, which has Ansel Elgore, Baby, from Baby Driver. Um, I had Miss Peregrine's uh, Paper Towns, which is by the same author of Fault in Our Stars. If I, I thought you were going to have that on your top five. It almost was. It got pushed back. Um, if I Stay, which was um, mm-hmm. Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yep. Bridge to Terabithia, which is one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. Oh, um, man. And then uh, I had Wonder, for, and I, I almost put it on, but I was like, it's too new. I'm going to keep that one off. But I really enjoyed the well, movie. I, I forgot that was an, uh, a book, and me I remember too. because the, the cover is really distinct. It is. Because it always reminded me of another book, and I cannot remember. It's got that color scheme. I'm like, and I always got it confused. And then uh, I'm a Natalie Merchant fan. It was really neat to see the song used. And she was part, obviously with her with her um, approval because they got to secure the rights. So I should have gone to see that, and I did not. Well, that is our episode, folks. It's been fun for me as I'm. Uh, you guys are on my iPad for like the Skype, and I've been getting notifications for the last like 45 minutes. My uh, my students have an analytical paper on that thing you do do at midnight tonight. And I've been getting like notifications every like five or so minutes with different kids turning it in. I'm like, all right, good job, good job, good job. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's their first like big analytical essay for my class, so it, it's a big deal. And we've studied that thing you do quite extensively, probably more than anybody. I cannot find a single uh, analytical paper on that thing you do online. So um, we might be the first set to have analyzed that thing you do is more than just a popcorn movie, but. Um, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews. Corey? At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. Mike? At Server Monkey. And I literally just got another notification about someone turning an essay in. Um, <laughs> Nicely done, students. Nicely done. I'm proud of all of you for getting it in on time, although you still could have had it done before Sunday, but nonetheless. Um, that said, uh, please, if you like the podcast, please share it. Uh, rate us on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to to help other people find us. If you really want to support us, we have different tiers on Patreon. Uh, you get rewards for, for supporting us. Um, I'm going to be revising those two to try to make them a little more enticing. But um, we start really cheap, and it goes up from there. Uh, and, again, it's a monthly donation. It just helps defer the cost of everything that we have to put into this, um, equipment, hosting, all of that um, follow, read my reviews on BurkeReviews.com. I've seen several movies this week, and most of them are either up or being posted, including the newest release from uh, starring Christian Bale, Hostels. Um, I are saw you, Saturday. Are you on movie thirty now, or I, day thirty? I am. I just watched the uh, the trip to Italy. 
today on nice. movie, which I like quite a bit. Um, the trip movies are quite fun. Another kid just turned in their essay. Uh, <laughs> like a, it's like a marathon. Um, <laughs> but or not a marathon. Well, at least you're turning it in, so that's good. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm. It's been. And that last last minute. No, they still they, have they over still three have, hours. Yeah, they could be waiting longer. So yes, good on them. Um, all right, guys, we will be back uh, next week with a special interview episode. Um, we'll, we'll we'll leave the guests uh, quiet for now. But our um, our next regular uh, the top five show proper will be on uh, in two weeks, and we're going to be looking at our top five Marvel movies in preparation for the release of Black Panther, which I know I'm super excited about. So until then, folks. Um, listen to our other podcast, Book Reviews Movie Club, and check out our interview episodes uh, that we'll have coming out in in the uh, off weeks as much as we can. So thanks, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Right, later. Bye. Peace. Peace.